Welcome to Supply Chain Now, the voice of global supply chain. Supply Chain Now focuses on the best in the business for our worldwide audience, the people, the technologies, the best practices, and today's critical issues, the challenges and opportunities. Stay tuned to hear from those making global business happen right here on Supply Chain Now. Hey, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be. Scott Luton here with you on Supply Chain Now. Welcome to today's live stream. Hey, on today's show, as most of you all know, it's the Supply Chain Buzz, which comes at you every Monday at 12 noon Eastern time. That's by by my calculation. I believe that's 6 p.m. Central European time. But y'all know my math, my conversion skills <laughs> are, are, are missing here. But hey, big thanks behind the scenes, Catherine and Amanda. Thanks for uh, helping to make production happen here. And welcome, everybody. We've got a ton of folks already here. We're going to say hello to uh, each of y'all in just a few minutes. Today, for the on the buzz, as y'all have come to expect, we're going to be discussing a variety of news and developments really across global business. And we've got a special guest here today. And trust me, when y'all when I tell you that you're really going to get a kick out of our guest, I promise you, we just had a very engaging pre-show with Layla Taha Rippet, uh, Senior Vice President of uh, supply chain with First Watch, which, as y'all may know, very popular daytime dining restaurant, almost 500 locations in 29 states here in the U.S. So stay tuned as we'll be gaining her insights. Now, some of y'all may know this about me, but I'm really particularly very interested because as as Layla and Catherine and a few others in the pre-show pointed out, you know, we we've covered global supply chain in a number of different sectors, but really Layla is one of our first what I'll call uh, executive practitioners joining us from the restaurant or the daytime dining industry, I should probably put it. And for me, having worked in the food industry throughout college and then some, and then for a couple of years uh, after I graduated, I'm really looking forward to learning from Layla and and her expertise and her uh, experience. So, but hey, we also want to hear from you. Give us your take in the comments throughout the show. Uh, let us know what you're thinking. And for those of you that may be listening to the podcast replay, you ought to consider joining us live on LinkedIn or YouTube or some other social media channel if you're choosing as we go live every Monday at 12 noon Eastern time. We'd love to hear from you. Now, some of y'all may notice I'm by myself today. Watch out. Uh, usually I'm joined by the one and only Greg White, but he's traveling today and we'll be back in the saddle with us next week. Okay, we're going to get into a few resources. We're going to get into a few stories we're going to walk through here today. And uh, But before, before I do, before I say, give some shout outs, uh, really important as we want to send our, our thoughts, our love, and our prayers to all those impacted by Tropical uh, Storm Hillary as reports have come in more and more on the damage in Mexico and California. So please stay safe and we wish uh, a very speedy recovery. All right. So let's say, man, we got a packed house. What is it with August 21st? Uh, and, and they are chomping at the bit. Let's see here. We have got uh, Muhammad tuned in via LinkedIn. Let us know where you're tuned in from, Shabir. Uh, Josh, back with us from gorgeous and smoky Seattle, he says. 60 degrees up in Seattle. Great to see you here, Josh. Derek from Dallas. You ought to uh, trademark that. Uh, tuned in from Dallas. It's going to be around 106 degrees. I think you're going to get the prize, uh, Derek. Goodness gracious. Uh, let's see. <laughs> <laughs> I think Josh is saying, boom, goes the, the temperature uh, gauge there. Ratnesh is back with us via LinkedIn. Ratnesh, let us know where you're tuned in from. Rodrigue uh, via LinkedIn as well. Audrey, Arthur from Morgantown, Pennsylvania. Love your show. Arthur, I really appreciate that. We all appreciate that. We love 
getting feedback from our audience, uh, wherever they may be. So really appreciate that. Angela is back with us from North Carolina via LinkedIn. Uh, and of course, we couldn't do a buzz without JP John Peterson tuned in from Marietta, Georgia. Great to see you, John. And we're going to hit everybody else here in just a moment. But I want to do this. I want to start with some resources, right? It's really important, as y'all know, the commitment from the Supply Chain Now team. Hey, we've got your back as you're fighting through the trenches to make things happen for your customers, you know, and, and for your teams. We want to share some uh, some resources that may help you in uh, that endeavor. And I'm going to start with, with that said, over the weekend, who in, who in the world is that? Who let that guy up on a stage talking about chocolate Kit Kats from Cape Town? Yes. So uh, y'all check out. So every weekend we release our With That Said, and it's really meant to be a, a newsletter that's not just a, uh, a replay of all the other content and podcasts and live streams. We really try to t- offer up a unique take. Um, and what we talked about this past weekend was our experience that Amanda and I had when we spent some time at the SAPIX conference in Cape Town, and we were, our, our kids had asked for a bunch of different treats, right? Well, as we were at the Woolworths, filling up a bag of treats, which would later we'd have a, a fun time getting through customs <laughs> in uh, with. But this Kit Kat stood out. And I noticed on this Kit Kat there in Cape Town that Nestle was promoting that it was a hundred percent it was made with a hundred percent sustainable cocoa. And that uh, there's a whole rest of the story there. But check out you have to read with that said, but really it's cool to see Nestle commit that by 2025, just less than two years away. All of their global supply of cocoa that they use is going to be 100% sustainably sourced. So how cool is that? Check out the link. I think we've got that here. So you're one click away from checking that out. And make sure you subscribe so you don't miss our, um, with that said, each and every weekend. All right. So from Kit Kat to music, man, lots of our favorite things uh, this morning here, Catherine and Amanda. Uh, we've got a live stream coming up. Uh, this, let's see, this is... Uh, this would be Wednesday, August twenty third. My birthday. Hey, I, I love talking supply chain on my birthday. Hey, we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be featuring Matt Spooner with Canaxis and check out this title quote: "Music to Our Ears: The Power of Supply Chain Orchestration." I love that. Right. Well, we're gonna be talking about what that means and how that definition has continued to evolve and some of the cool things Matt's been up to. On one hand, as he just got back from a European cycling race, I can't remember the name of that race, Catherine. Let's drop that in the link, maybe. Um, and some of the cool things that Canaxis is up to that uh, we'll all benefit from learning. So y'all check that out. I gotta catch up on uh, a couple comments here. Yes, Arthur, give me a break. Give me a break. I'm not sure if anyone remembers that. Kit Kat commercial from the '90s, but uh, that was that was certainly uh, imprinted in between my ears. Uh, Greg, uh, join us again in uh, from Wisconsin. Great to see you here, Greg Simon. Hello, supply chain enthusiasts. I think that's a great title. Great looking at it, uh, Simon. Hello to wherever you are dialed in from. Let us know. Uh, Ratnesh is tuned in from India. That's right. I remember that. Uh, T squared says, "Bring on." Those dog days of summer nourishment, it's going to be 93 degrees where T-squared is. And I want to say he's up in the Maryland area. Correct me, T-squared. But he says it feels like 107. It just feels hot, really hot. And Big Show Bob Bova is with us. He says a little wet and windblown, but that's okay. Up in the mountains and a high desert got the worst of it as well. An earthquake on top of things is crazy. And that's right, uh, Bob, you're out in California. So I hope you and your family and and. All your colleagues are doing okay. All right. 
We have got one more resource before we hit our first news story that I want to share. And that would be this. We're having this conversation. Y'all check out this graphic. Uh, we were having this conversation with our friends, uh, Dan uh, Reeve, never, not Reeves, as in the, the Hall of Fame coach and football player, Dan Reeve from Esker, right? We had Dan join us and he brought along once again, Dr. Morgan Swink from Texas Christian University. Now, uh, they have collaborated on some interesting research focused on managing working capital. And we're going to drop a link so y'all can check out that, uh, get your own copy uh, in the comments. But one item that stood out to me that was included was, check this out, this Global Supply Chain Pressure Index. I bet this resonates with a bunch of y'all, right? I, I really think it's interesting to see this pressure mapped out on a chart. It's just the latest reminder, and we've had millions of them, of our workforce and how they're under we're all under a ton of pressure and strain to perform. And as one of the constant mantras that we really, we don't just preach, but we act on around here at Supply Chain Now is we got to make it as easy as we can to help them succeed, right? So y'all check that out. Also check out this report I mentioned, the Managing Working Capital, Returning to a Strategic uh, strategic end-to-end approach. Really some interesting factoids from industry di- uh, driven by the data that you'll want to uh, check out in that research piece. Okay, uh, let's see here. I want to make sure we've got we've got links. Uh, I mentioned that live stream. We're one click away. If you want to check that out, that we can sign up for that session uh, this coming week. T squared Baltimore. That's right. So I'm assuming T squared with Lamar Jackson that he's successfully negotiated his contract extension. Maybe he's got a he's going to teach the rest of us how to do stuff like that. Um, I bet the Ravens are in for a big. NFL season coming up. Uh, Salman tuned in from Dubai. Man, big things happening in Dubai. Uh, Salman, our great friend um, Kim, uh, Kim Winter is usually tuned in from Dubai. It's amazing what's going on there. All right. So, with all of that said, I want to get into our first story here today. And we're going to be talking about the Panama Canal. Now, some of y'all may be familiar with what's going on uh, down in the Panama Canal. Uh, this comes to us via our friends over at the Wall Street Journal. We've got a traffic jam building up on both sides of the Panama Canal. Now, all of our listeners probably remember how for a long stretch there, we were uh, tracking backed up uh, port traffic across the U.S. on both coasts. If y'all remember, uh, Greg, uh, who um, spends a good chunk of his time on the island, or Hilton Head, as he'll call it, he was even calculating his own index as he watched ships sitting and waiting uh, back then down near Savannah. I want to say we got up into the dozens of ships there, Savannah, uh, backed up and waiting, not nearly like the, the traffic uh, on the West Coast. Well, all that traffic congestion has shifted south. Now, get this. According to the Wall Street Journal, more than 200 ships are waiting on either side of the Panama Canal to transit. The primary culprit, you ask? Well, it's an extraordinary grout, uh, drought condition impacting really the whole region. Now, did you know, as shared by this article, the Panama Canal uses three times as much water as New York City every single day. Now, that adds a little helpful context. And when the rainfall is low, well, the first thing to be cut are the number of transits that the canal allows. So if you do elect to uh, try to get your ship through there and transit during these times, well, you're going to be paying a very hefty fee. Now, for the most part, con- uh, container ships aren't nearly as packed in, uh, as impacted as others because they're booked far in advance, right? But more short-notice shippers like gas carriers, well, they're running into all sorts of problems and expenses. Uh, The Panama Canal Authority, interestingly enough, has hired the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. Yes, the same group that built the canal back in the um, early 1900s. 
Uh, well, they've, they've brought the Corps of Engineers in to look at possibly diverting four more rivers into the canal, which already currently taps only three rivers. All right. So that's just the first of, let's see, I think we're going to knock out three stories here today. So check that out. We're going to keep our finger on the pulse of what's going on there in the Panama Canal. And our second story uh, from Panama to restaurant tables and home cabinets <laughs> uh, across the country, right? From our friends at uh, uh, over at CNBC, we're talking about a highly popular garlicky hot sauce that Americans just can't get enough of. That's right. Hoi Fong Foods Sriracha Hot Sauce. I bet many of y'all love this stuff on your pasta, on your pho, on your sandwiches, you name it. Many of you probably use it. It comes in that big, iconic plastic bottle with the rooster and the green plastic cap, right? But for years, for three or four years now, it's been harder and harder to find. In fact, I saw bottles selling on Amazon for about 22 bucks this morning. Now, CNBC said it found the same going for as much as 52 bucks. So here I, I was scrounging, and I've got, got product here, and bidding will begin at about $40. So as we'll, we'll see if we can even take us up. But yeah, Catherine, I know you love Sriracha. I know Amanda loves Sriracha. I love Sriracha on, on just about everything. But let's dive into what's going on here. So it's the problem mainly, there's two main reasons here. Number one, Hoi Fong Foods evidently got into a dispute with its longtime supplier of jalapeno peppers, which is the primary ingredient, right? For 28 years, Underwood Ranches supplied Hoi Fong Foods with peppers until a dispute hit around 2017, causing that relationship to cease. Now, that longtime supplier was cut out of the operation. And that's where the second problem comes into play. Replacing that steady stream of hot, delicious peppers well, that hasn't been as easy as Hoi Fong Foods must have thought. Since moving on from Underwood uh, Ranches, the hot sauce maker has reportedly tried sourcing jalapenos from farms in California, New Mexico, uh, and Mexico. But drought and poor weather conditions has impacted these areas and its crops. Now, we'll see how this story continues to develop. As Greg points out, uh, the tropical storm Hillary, um, well, that's not that's going to have a big impact, perhaps, um, on these these uh, farm regions that we were just talking about. But on a personal note, anytime I see a bottle of this sriracha sauce, I think about where I first tasted it uh, in a, a Vietnamese uh, pho restaurant in Wichita, Kansas, of all places. I was in the Air Force at the time, and my buddies Highland Wong and Troy Boozer took me to this pho place, and I instantly fell in love with it. I mean, how couldn't you, as Catherine pointed out? Uh, so it was delicious then, it's still delicious now, and it goes with just about everything. So we're hoping that the supply rebounds. We'll see. Um, all right, share a couple of comments here. T-squared, can you smell the greedflation, <laughs> new term, in this supply and demand uncertainty notwithstanding? That's an interesting comment. Now, I haven't noticed if these bottles have gotten any smaller. I know, you know, we, we got some ice cream over the weekend for my kids and y'all know what's going on there with shrinkflation. You're getting less than what you used to get, but greedflation, new term. Josh says, can't tell you how much ramen with some uh, sriracha he's had. Essential for college <laughs> diets everywhere. Excellent point. Excellent point. Uh, going back to the Panama Canal, Will says the canal was turning away bigger ships due to lower water. That's a good point, Will. And additionally, with the bigger container ships, what it's been having to do for years is take uh, containers off of them and onto secondary uh, ships so they can get um, the whole craft through the canal. Good point there, Will. And by the way, Will must be a big Chicago Bears fan. Uh, he says, good things in store for my Chicago Bears this year. I bet, Will. Um, 
I cannot remember the name of the quarterback that the Bears drafted uh, that he played at Georgia, and then he went on to play with the Buckeyes. Uh, but I think he is poised for a big year. Um, all right, so we are going to. I got a couple other resources, right? As we continue getting a little bit further in today's supply chain bus, stay tuned. We've got an excellent guest coming uh, into the show in about ten minutes or so, so stay tuned for that. Um, but a couple things. Um, we invite you. You know, we we talk about webinars and live streams and and so much more, right? We don't want y'all to miss anything. So uh, it's really easy to become a member of the Now community. There's just a couple pieces of information that we ask you all to give us, and that way you'll be on the docket to get announcements and other opportunities to check out. We invite you to join us and become a part, an engaged member of the NOW community. Speaking of resources, who? Raise your hand if you're struggling with the last mile. I think everybody is, right? Well, check out this upcoming webinar, Speaking of Resources, September 21st, about a month away, where Freight and our friends from Estes and uh, Bart uh, from uh, Everstream Analytics. Well, we're going to be talking about unlocking the power of diversification in last mile delivery. So join us for that live session on the 21st. And get this, we're about to touch on on a story from our friends at Walmart, which we've really enjoyed interviewing executives uh, through the years. Uh, we're partnering with Supply Pike. So if you do business with Walmart, y'all know how tricky that can be at times, right? Well, these folks have been there and done it, and they're offering uh, that expertise on three proven strategies to level up your business with Walmart. And I would just argue, uh, putting things maybe too simply, that if you can be really successful in your business with Walmart, there's tons of transferable best practices to apply to all of your relationships with other organizations. So join us there. Uh, Dino and I host uh, Stacy and Eric with Supply Pike on September 26 at 12 noon. All right. One more story. This is an interesting, interesting story here. Now, folks, it's next to impossible to even have a conversation these days without mentioning AI, right? I mean, it's, it's it's crazy. From what I can tell, I really I've really enjoyed the conversations where we're talking about real artificial intelligence, not the fake stuff that uh, our friends in marketing may apply to whatever product they're pushing, but real artificial intelligence that's being applied to really going back to that pressure in our workforce, make it easier for them to be successful and, and allowing humans to do the extraordinary human things. So check out this story from our friends at CIO Dive. Walmart has targeted three primary areas with its artificial intelligence strategy. They are personalization for customers. So that mass customers our mass personalization uh, trend continues. Associate operations. I love that. They're going to help their team and their associates uh, make their days easier and supply chain optimization. Walmart CEO Doug McMillian says that the retailer is already using AI to help estimating demand and in its planning to meet that demand. For example, they're using AI to run simulations on what customers do on Black Friday. And he says that AI further represents an opportunity for the company to be even more anticipatory. Say that word seven times fast. Anticipatory in its planning and identifying and predicting problems before they arise. Now, one issue that the Walmart team has identified and has been working on for years, clean and structured data. McMillan said, quote, we've been working for a few years now to try and get our data in better shape so that we can really put it to work, end quote. Now, can you imagine, we're talking about this pre-show, can you imagine the sheer tidal waves of data that Walmart is working through? Man, if they have opportunities with data, what does that mean for, for all the rest of us out there? Outstanding, outstanding opportunities. And it sounds like, a to me, to my ears at least, a very practical approach 
for the successful and meaningful application of AI at Walmart. Okay, folks, we are, you're in store. Oh, thank you, Justin Fields. Thank you, Amanda and Catherine, for pointing that out. Uh, That's my first error. So Justin Fields, going back to Will, you're a big Bears fan. We'll see what Justin does this year. I bet it's going to have a big year. And also, the other thing I couldn't think of, the transcontinental race. Thank you, Catherine. Our friend Matt Spooner from Canaxis uh, has uh, just finished, completed this transcontinental race, annual self-supported ultra-distance cycling race across Europe. Uh, The route and distance varies for each edition between 3,200 and 4,200 kilometers. Goodness gracious. I'd be doing something if I could just get out and do a 10-kilometer bike ride, right? Um, All right, so stay tuned for that on August 23rd. All right, folks. I have really enjoyed, you know, we, we get to spend a little bit of time pre-show before each of these live sessions with our guests and really our team, the co-host, you, know, you name it. We had a ton of fun with our guest here today. And I'm, I am uh, delighted to welcome in a very special guest here on the Supply Chain Buzz. Layla Taha Rippet is a Senior Vice President of Supply Chain with First Watch, a popular daytime dining restaurant with almost 500 locations in 29 states here in the U- U.S. So let's welcome in Layla. Hey, Scott. How are you? How are you doing? Oh, great. Thank you for having us. This is awesome. Well, you know, right right when we connected this earlier today, the whole excitement factor. I mean, it, w- we need to tap in. We need to connect you to the local power grid. And we'd power <laughs> the uh, 50 states, you know, from start <laughs> to finish. So great to have you here with us uh, today, Layla. Now, a little fun warm-up question. Yeah. Right? Now, we're both food lovers and we're kindred spirits on a number of different levels. But Yesterday, August 20th, was National Bacon Lovers Day. Now, I want to ask you, I've got a couple of guesses on my end, but what is one of your favorite dishes with bacon, Layla? So I am in love with our million-dollar bacon. So imagine it. It's it's got uh, cayenne pepper in it, and it has uh, maple syrup on it, and it is cooked to perfection, and you want to have it. So uh, (laughs) if you haven't tried it, come in. It is it is so good. Oh, I love it. Well, you know what? I stole a picture from your site early. This is the uh, this is a Monterey Club. Yeah. And, and of course, bacon's on it, delicious turkey. But the, you got me at the sourdough bread, and I'm sure those tomatoes are are fresh and ready to go. So I'm going to have to join my local first watch and take in this Monterey Club, huh? That's awesome. Please do. We'd love to have you come in and try it. All right. So, folks, as we continue on with Layla, we'd love to get your favorite bacon dishes, whether it's a, a, a popular one or maybe something that's one off and is special to you and your family. All right. So, Layla, for our audience here, they don't have the benefit of of, um, of our pre-show and, and our homework we did on you and your background. For perspective and context, share a little bit of information about your background, Layla. Sure. So, um, I'm first-generation American-Lebanese from Detroit. And I started out, my family had grocery stores and bars, so I didn't uh, veer too far away from food service. It is uh, an area that I love and have a strong passion for. So my career has taken me from working in operations to working in supply chain. And about seven years ago, I had the privilege and I was really excited uh, for this offer to come through to join First Watch. So we're doing things uh, non-traditional here for supply chain. We'd love to share that with you as well. But First Watch is my love. I'm here, and we're having a lot of fun. 
I believe it. Uh, we can tell it. We see it. Uh, before my quick follow-up question, Josh says, bacon-wrapped Dutch oven chicken with chives and cream cheese. Man. I could get into that, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> I could, too. Uh, all right. So, really quick question before we move on. So, uh, you grew up in Detroit, but now you're in Sarasota. Right. So, any sports allegiances that you might can share with us, Layla? Oh, you won't believe this, but every now and then, um, I'm still watching Detroit Tigers. You know, you have to. You're here. Got to. That's what I do. So uh, that's my allegiance. Love it. And I think <laughs> I think Miguel Cabrera is wrapping up a Hall of Fame career this year, if I'm not mistaken, with the Tigers. Uh, I, as a as Atlanta Braves fan, we watched him kill us in the early days of his yep. career with the Florida Marlins. Um, all right. See, we say bacon. Will's like bacon. <laughs> With literally anything. Will, me and you are probably uh, cousins, second cousins, maybe. I'll, I'll agree with you. Um, all right. So, uh, Layla, we, as we discovered in the pre-show, which I, I, I figured, we are big um, believers and, and really um, uh, lovers of the people that we make up the restaurant industry. You've been, as you mentioned, in the industry for quite some time. What is one thing that folks don't know or maybe they underestimate about supply chain management in the restaurant industry? I think that um, for us, it's having a lens on operations and how important that is, but that you have collaboration across every single department, whether it's IT or marketing or anything that's happening, even with construction on how buildings are built and, and all of these pieces that come together. So for me, if I could send one message out to my peers it's the importance of collaboration, how mm. you move your business faster by doing that. Absolutely. Yeah. Abs and, and, you know, I would submit to you that I think collaboration has has really meant and been cliche for a long time. And then the pandemic hits and then we're reevaluating how important these uh, relationships are, especially those outside the four walls, so to speak. And that the term collaboration all of a sudden was reinvented with, a lot, I think, a lot more uh, practicality. Would you subscribe to that too, Layla? I would, although it's kind of unique here. I want to tell you a little story, if you wouldn't mind, Scott, just so I can share with you how we work a little different here. And that's that culinary and supply chain are tied together. Mm. We do no sourcing for culinary. Culinary does all the sourcing. Now, that doesn't mean that Chef Shane and I don't talk every single day to talk about who are the right suppliers we should be aligned with, who has the right product, all of those things. But by working so collectively, mm. we're able to get to market faster. Think of all that in between of getting samples in and sending them out and trying to record it and what works and what doesn't and asking about equipment, all that detail. When you have the right person who's going to move the ball forward and then you support them by coming in to know it's the right supplier and take care of the logistics and the pricing behind the scenes, getting the five hours right, you're able just to move the business real fast. All right. So I'm going to have, I'm going to, I got a follow up question on uh, when it comes to successful sourcing with a lot yeah. of ingredients. But before that, you said the five R's. Can I ask you, your five R's may be different than my five R's. What are they for you? Right product, right quality. Yep. Right place, right time, right price. Love it. Okay, man. Um, and you mentioned a chef too. What was yep. that chef's name you talk to every day? Chef Shane. Chef Shane. Please go and on our white or on our website and look him up and check out his blog, and you'll get a better understanding. It is it is so cool to work 
collectively and be able to look at all kinds of dishes and just progress first watch forward. Layla, absolutely. And Greg makes a, um, points out a really important thing, breaking down the silos. Oh, we talk yeah. about that a lot here. Yeah. And really, you were just talking about that as you were talking yeah. uh, culinary and supply chains. Y'all work together each and every day, right? Yeah. And as well as with all other departments. I mean, it is a, that is one of the unique things here and why I was so excited to join First Watch. It really comes from the top, right? So our CEO is like that, right? He really wants us to work collectively, work things together. So whether we're working with marketing, QA, culinary, operations, uh, all of our departments are working collectively together. And that is key to our success. I'm with you. Also part of our culture, right? When we think of our culture, our culture is built on you first. And so in order to do that, it's that respect with one another and how we how we continue to grow the business. Mm. All right. You got three more hours. Layla, we're going to need <laughs> three on, more hours today. <laughs> so let me back up for a second. We're going to talk about sourcing in just a second. Yep. You, you shared something there that really, oh, going back to my Kit Kat story, I was talking about on the front end. Yeah. It's interesting. As you were describing all this collaboration uh, with, with the Nestle story, their supply chain team's successes and real outcomes as they made progress on finding 100% sustainably sourced cocoa in certain parts of the region. Well, that's a win in and of itself, but what makes it even better, as your point kind of alluding to, Layla, is it gives the sales and marketing team outstanding fodder to bake into yeah. how, how they position the product, right? And just becomes such a nice right. symbiotic relationship that everyone wins. I think we spoke about it when in the pre-meeting when I said that as a customer, you are really only as good as the supply chain of your suppliers, knowing that you've got A players who are out there really moving forward, really thinking about ESNG or other uh, areas of how they can innovate and take their business forward really helps us. And, yep. and we need to be able to do that. So we're looking when we're evaluating a supplier, understanding their supply chain team mm. is part of the cocktail of determining if you're going to work with someone or not. Layla, I love that. Um, all right. So getting back to the gauntlet, I bet that Chef Shane, probably the rest of your team, has <laughs> thrown down. That's sourcing fresh, delicious products, yeah. critical priority for first, first watch, not going to compromise. Right. If you could share... Uh, what's a couple of best practices, especially as it relates to um, uh, the, the ingredients that your yeah. team has developed when it comes to successful sourcing? Right. So for us, uh, watching and having fresh produce in our restaurants is everything. We're juicing all day long. So we're bringing in, you know, fresh beets and fresh English cucumbers, fresh kale, Everything that we bring in, we're sending through the juicer, and that's really important. So today we're watching what's going on with the weather in California, Hurricane uh, mm. Hillary, to understand yeah. how that's going to impact us. All that leads to our mantra of what we do called follow the sun. So if you go on our website or you talk to any of our folks in our restaurant, you will hear us. Or if you came and saw us here, we would talk about following the sun using the freshest, best quality when Mother mm. Nature tells us it's ready. Man, okay, following the yeah. sun. And it's not, as we like to talk around here, uh, Layla, uh, 
We don't, uh, no lip service leadership allowed. Deeds, not words, it's all in the action. And it sounds like to me, Layla, what I'm gathering from my due diligence and, and our conversations that you mean what you say and you do what you say, huh? We do. We really do. And we try and do that on everything and be really thoughtful about it. It's so important that we tell a story and we uh, serve good quality, right? Mm. Quality and culture go together for me. When I think about that, uh, you know, serving quality and your culture together, those are the winning ingredients. Yes, absolutely. And you know, I see that um, as I share with you, Prisha, I've been in several first watch restaurants uh, around Atlanta, but um, as much as I see it there, I see it in other other uh, retail and, and food environments, you can tell when the team is bought in to what they're doing there, it just makes all the food taste better. So I love what, uh, what you're describing there. And Victor loves uh, those five R's and follow the sun. Yeah. Uh, I'm with you, Victor. Thank you, Victor. All right. So let's go broader a little yeah. bit here, right? We were kind of talking about uh, uh, in a tactical ingredient uh, level when it comes to sourcing, but generally right. speaking, I would argue has been illustrated once again in recent years, if not a million times in recent years, building strong, mutually beneficial well, relationships with your suppliers, extremely important in global supply chain. You need them on the good days. You need them on the bad days and all points in between. As you survey that uh, and, and, and what you're leading and contributing to now with First Watch, what's a couple of core elements that are really critical to your approach uh, when it comes to building those relationships with suppliers? So for us, it's being transparent with a supplier. I don't know if your audience knows this, but I want to share that we run five limited time offers a year. So every 10 weeks, our menu is changing. So imagine sitting down with a supplier saying, do you want to work with us for 10 weeks? We're probably never going to talk to each other again. <laughs> that's kind of a hard sell and a hard buy, but that's right. what we do. So that's important, right? Because it helps us to set uh, something new for our consumer. And we, what we do that I think is unique is that we set a proving ground in Tampa, where a year in advance at the same time of the year that LTO is running. Today happens to be the start for our national fall LTO. But if you were in Tampa, you would see what we're going to run in fall next year. Okay. So that allows us, think about your automotive uh, um, speakers who have come in and that audience and how they have proving ground. We do that as well. And it is an unusual thing and a unique thing to first watch restaurants. Man, um, I love that. So down in Tampa, you've yep. got the skunk works, the, the proving grounds. The proving grounds. Yep. As you uh, have these conversations and vet these suppliers and really yep. get to know their supply chain um, chops, as you put it earlier, yeah. Um, you're like, come on in and prove it, yeah. And they come down to Tampa, and if they make it, they'll be worked into the schedule about this time next year. Is that about right, Layla? That's exactly right. We are running to see how does it work. Do we have the supply? Does it work on the equipment? How easy is it for operations? Can we get it through our last mile all the way to the back door? All of those. Um, uh, Tactical points are worked through, including as we're building more restaurants, how much more do we need? Because mm. we follow the sun, because everything's fresh, we have to know supply and demand matters here at First Wash so we can get in front of it. I mean, there's only one season to go, you know, fishing for salmon as an example. <laughs> All right. So, Layla, uh, one one initiative I in, in particular wanted to ask you about Um 
is this Project Sunrise. Right, yeah. Sourcing coffee beans down in Columbia, yeah. uh, South America. Tell us more about that. Okay, so that was pretty exciting. About seven years ago now, we started working with the women growers in Colombia, specifically in the Wheeler region of Colombia. And now um, over 50% of our coffee, if not more, is coming from women growers. 100% of the coffee is all coming from that region. But every year, as the women can take on more, we give them more and we continue to mushroom that out. Uh, it's It's important to us. It's important to them. And this gets back to some of the pillars that we believe in in supply chain and building longstanding relationships. We want to go there. We want to see them. We want to see their children. We want to see their children progress uh, as future generations, education, all these things that matter. Uh, it's who we are. And it leads back to you first, again, the culture. So we, you know, we pay a premium to the communities, to the women communities there for them to grow the best coffee. And, mm. you know, most people would look at that and say, wow, you know, usually a supply chain, it's all about cutting the pennies. I never want my team to think in that fashion. I want us to think about growing the business, growing quality, growing sales, all of those things. So, you know, I'm really uh, quite pleased and, and thankful that our leadership team as well is engaged in this program. Layla, I'm with you. And, and you know, uh, so much comes to my mind as you shared that. Uh, one of the things is, uh, I think traditionally, like old-fashioned, folks look at supply chain where they can save a buck. But what yeah. you're describing is truly forward-looking. Hey, here's how we do supply chain. Here's how we lead supply chains now. And then secondly, man, y'all are changing lives down in yeah. Columbia. What we need to do, Layla, um, is next time you join us, let's bring one of those uh, coffee bean entrepreneurs and farmers, and let's 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 share their story with our audience. How about that? We would love that. We would love that very much. And there are a lot of growers, farmers here in the U.S. that we use, and how we're getting our maple syrup out of Vermont from a small little company. We don't even have any restaurants in Vermont, but Vermont's important. <laughs> Not yet, right? Not yet. Not yet. That's right. That's right. <laughs> hey. Uh, really quick, as I continue on with Layla Taha Rippet uh, with First Watch, uh, Michelle tuned in from Chicago. Let's, uh, I bet you're a fellow Bears fan, maybe, Michelle. Great to see you. Gino from North Alabama. Great to see you, uh, Gino. And um, Layla, one of my favorite guests each and every week, my mom, Lila, joins hello. us from Aiken, South Carolina. Hello to you. Love you, hello. mom. That's the best. Um, all right. So I'm going to ask you a couple of uh, quick final things before we wrap, but one of the things I want to specifically touch on, and you kind of alluded to it there, as we discovered in the pre-show, I think I was sharing with you that um, I was in the restaurant industry throughout college. I started by busing tables at a place called Levecchia's in Columbia, South Carolina, earning my way into being able to wait tables. I never was the best um, server. I could handle maybe two tables <laughs> at one time, but I, I love the people. And that's really where I want to ask you about Layla, because whether I was busting tables, bartending, uh, waiting tables, the people that make up the restaurant industry, yeah. front of the house, back of the house, suppliers, you name it, they're just some of the best people I ever rubbed elbows with. And really, you talk about how we like to celebrate the human factor. Yeah, Man, it, it's still to this day, if you don't tip somebody well, I got to put you on my bad list. I just can't, yeah. you know, <laughs> I, got, I got to. But Layla, speak if you would before you know, we start wrapping here, uh, your view on the on the people that make up the restaurant industry. 
So I'm so glad that you asked about that because I think that we are a unique group of individuals. Um, one of the things we do is we do a coach teach train session here called FIRM, which is First Watch Academy of Restaurant Managers. We bring people in for a full week and we they are emerged in our culture and what we do. One of the things that I say to these uh, new managers when they're here is that there is an army of people behind you wanting to make you successful in everything you do. And I think as supply chain professionals, we forget about the army of our, our, um, our suppliers and the logistic folks and the selectors and pickers and everybody, whether it's customer service, the you know accounting teams of others, every single person is working towards the same goal. I truly believe that nobody comes to work to do a bad job, mm. right? And if you think positive about that and how you can help people, but that our teams walk away knowing that there is an army of suppliers who are here, happy to be part of First Watch and happy to help us grow. So mm. that's how I think about it. I love it. The whole ecosystem, the whole yeah. village, the whole yep. community, um, and we can't leave any of them behind, right? Yeah. So one of the things I'm kind of picking up is um, is you as you your personal approach, maybe part of the the, the first watch approach as well is is business has got to be good for everybody, right? Yeah, these are also the people who you want them. They're delivering at your back door, but how about on Sunday them coming in and eating in your restaurants, mm. coming in the front door, right? Yeah, that's an excellent point. Yeah. Um, all right. So, Layla, as much as I hate to do, we got to start winding things down. But I want to ask you a couple of quick questions. And I bet this next question, I bet we could fill it up for a couple of hours. But any, if you had to think of one more thing in a nutshell of what folks should know about First Watch that may be expanding somewhere near their homes and communities, what would that one thing be? That we care and that we are excited to be in the communities and the communities matter to us and come out and see us, meet us and see that we have people from your community working in our restaurants. Love that. Uh, and I tell you, you're the same person in front of the camera, so to speak, <laughs> as you are behind that. And when you, when you talk about uh, transparency and trust and that consistency, that's so important. That really uh, comes to my mind. So I want to, um, you just mentioned how you're, you and the first watch team, big believers and, and, very active in communities. And now you, you lead by example here, Layla. So you and your husband, Brian, uh, big supporters of the national multiple sclerosis society. That's right. Um, why is that important to you? And, and if, if you were to share a way that maybe our listeners can help, yeah. uh, what would you share there? So there are three family members, including my husband who, um, has multiple sclerosis mm. and we work every day and he's on the board and I support uh, everything we can do to further research for this disease, early diagnosis, and someday a cure. So as you were talking about bicycle riders in the earlier segment, there is an MS uh, national bike ride in almost okay. every community. Come on out. Come on out and ride your bike. It's not a race. It's a tour. It's not a race. <laughs> it's a tour. And I love Yeah, yeah. You know, come on out and Every penny that you work towards and help to bring goes to research, and not many organizations can say that. So I thank you so much for giving me this moment to share that. That's just so thoughtful of you. So thank you, Scott. 
Hey, Layla, uh, we try being really active um, and doing good is really important to our yeah. culture and DNA. Uh, it's in our bones here. And I really appreciate your uh, steadfast, you and Brian's steadfast commitment to leading by example and making an impact. So, folks, uh, check out the bike race in your community. I love what Layla said there. It's not a race. It's a, what you say? It's not a race. Tour. It's a it's, a, it's tour. a tour. Yeah. There are some life transferable elements to yeah. that perspective, right. Layla. I really love that. Um, all right. So I bet we have created a bunch of new Layla Taha Ripit fans out there across our audience. Um, and if folks, how would you invite them to learn more about you or First Watch? Two ways. One, hook up with me on LinkedIn. I, I welcome everyone. I'm a big believer in supply chain. You are all puzzle makers and it is important to connect. I love that. And the second way, it's uh, supply chain at firstwatch.com. Don't okay. be shy. Reach out to us. Supply chain at firstwatch.com. Okay. Wonderful. So, folks, if you want to take a tour on that proven ground down at Tampa, <laughs> I think Layla's showing the way. So, uh, and daring you to be a part. Uh, love what you are building. I tell you, Layla, I wish I had had this chat before I went and enjoyed uh, my, my meals at First Watch. It would have changed everything. So, I'm going to really be looking and, and absorbing it all on my next visit, huh? Good. Enjoy it. We, we we send hearts out to everyone, and thank you so much for including us. You bet. You bet. All right. So, Layla, don't go anywhere. We are going uh, to wrap with you here. Folks, hopefully enjoy it. I, I tell you, I promise you a great guest, one that, that brings it both content, perspective, expertise, but that personality, the, the five R's, the, the you first culture. I really love that. That's, that's a great t-shirtism. Folks loved uh, Josh and Catherine and many others. That's a great t-shirtism. It's not a race. It's a tour. Right. Josh, I'm with you. I am with you. But folks, one of big, big thanks to all of y'all, of course, for being here. Big thanks to Amanda and Catherine behind the scenes for helping to make production happen. Big thanks to our guest, Layla Taha Rippet, Senior Vice President for Supply Chain at First Watch. Layla, thank you so much for joining us here today. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, everyone. And most importantly, folks, hey. Scott, on behalf of our entire team here, Scott Luton challenging you. Hey, be like Layla. Do good. Give forward. Most importantly, be the change that's needed. And we'll see you next time right back here at Supply Chain Now. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community. Check out all of our programming at supplychainnow.com and make sure you subscribe to Supply Chain Now anywhere you listen to podcasts. And follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next time on Supply Chain Now.